Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Flapping and Fawning. I'm a pigeon. Fawn. For priority boarding, enter in the rear. Flapjack. How you doing, Fawn? I'm good. How are you? Ah, you know, I'm doing okay. I'm doing I'm doing pretty good. We're trucking along. It's been a very busy week. There has been a lot of rhyming in my life because Who's Holiday, I have been having lots and lots of rehearsals for that and the whole thing, the whole script is written in rhyme. So if you don't know, I am I was recently cast in Who's Holiday, which is happening at Birmingham Festival Theater next month in December. So uh, come on out, fi- buy your tickets, come see me. It's a one-woman show and it's Cindy Lou Who, like 40 years later. So you definitely want to catch up with her via me. I definitely will be catching that show. Oh, thank you. Birmingham Festival Theater has a great season lined up. They do. Um, season 50? Yeah, because uh, Side by Side, a Sondheim yes. show just opened yesterday. What, are you going? At the time of recording. Yeah, we're going to go see it. Let we're me know probably going to go. go see all of them. We also do have those free tickets that we won from... Oh, the, the viewing camp Wanakiki viewing party. Nice. Um, but yeah, we're probably going to go to see just about every show of the season. Sweet. So, well, let me know when you go because I I really want to go see sound, uh, side by side. There's some good people in that show. <laughs> some really good people in that show. Yeah, I I know several of them. I, there's a few I don't know, but um, of the ones I do know, I'm re- I'm excited yeah. to see. Um, like Katie and BJ. So. I love BJ and Sarah James. I love Sarah James so much. <laughs> there's a lot um, of awesome people over at BFT. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what have you got going on? So at the time of recording this, I have DIY tonight. Bow, bow, bow. Yay! Um, so by the time this comes out, it'll already have happened. And I, it's one of those things like I'm really excited for this show and I've been able to like really do what I want and really just kind of focus on like queer music because that's really what I've been wanting to really just lean more into. That's the kind of music that I've been listening to and enjoying. Um, And it's also just kind of the music that I personally identify with. Right. So I'm, I know you don't get to, get to do a lot of that with the brunch just because of like the audience yeah. and the setting and things like that. I get to do like some, but I still have to like mix in some pop top 40 kind yeah. of stuff, like something to make it a little more palatable because I can't just do only what I want to do. I get to do what I want to do, but I have to blend it. Exactly. So, yeah, um, I get that. But yeah, I'm excited. I'm doing a little strip tease to Career Boy by Doreen Electra. <laughs> and then I'm also a huge Youngblood fan. And I had the hardest time deciding what I was going to do. But I'm doing Cotton Candy by Youngblood. If there's any Youngblood fans out there. Um, who He also just dropped a new album not that long ago. Really? Yeah, he was on Demi's album on the first track of the album so is young blood one of those people who sounds like a band name but that's one guy yeah basically oh. um i honest i don't know anything about young blood so he's pan and he's british doesn't he have that song oh pan um <laughs> doesn't he have that song young blood that's not that song oh but is that I young know blood? What song I think it's. I think is the song called Young Blood. I don't think it's Blood. You want it? You want it? Na, 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 na. 
I know what song. If you know what song we're talking about, leave it uh, for us. No, it's not this. Is it Young Love? Young Love, and I want it, I want it. Back in a time, and I'm best love. You know what? I think this is a good job for our listeners. I think that they (laughs) should. Um, leave it in a five-star review if you know the name of the song. Speaking of which, we did not have a new five-star review for this week to read at the top of our episodes, but if you would like to hear your very own words and review of our show um, from our mouth holes to your ear holes, you can leave us a review at Apple Podcasts or on our Facebook page, and you'll hear us read it in each of our regular episodes. Yes, yes, yes. And we have been noticing the numbers of those reviews going up, and we do greatly appreciate it. But we would like some actual written reviews in there. So make sure you're submitting those in so you can hear them. Yeah, for real. Let us know. It also helps us out big time, especially with the Apple algorithm. Boring stuff. But yeah, it really does help us a ton. I mean, not just on Apple, but also on Facebook to get the word out about our pod. Um, But anyways, I'm sorry. I interrupted you as you were talking about DIY drag. So I know that you have been working on quite a lot of stuff for it. Yeah. um, So I made all of my partners things for this because we just didn't, they eventually want to learn how to make their own stuff, but this is their first show. And just with the chaos that was October, I didn't have time to teach them um, (laughs) anything. (laughs) Um, So I just kind of like took on board, made all of their costuming did their hair and this um, is their first drag performance ever, yeah right okay yeah. work i'm so excited for them i can't wait to see what they do it's gonna be fun i am super excited and then i ended up of course in fawn fashion last minute making another costume for myself <laughs> fawn fashion so always trying to do the most <laughs> um and it's one of those things i'm really excited for this because i get to do what i want but also in true fawn fashion, I'm putting too much pressure on myself for it. Yeah. Um, like I'm having fun with it, but it's also one of those things that I feel like because of how I have kind of branded myself as somebody that is, has a certain level of quality, um, in the exploration of things, I, because I feel like I'm going through some changes, I feel like I still have to bring that same level of quality. Yeah. So I put a lot of pressure on myself for that. And also, because I am a co-host and I'm also like trying to set an example for the younglings out there, <laughs> I like feel like I have to really be like 100% on my game. Oh yeah. So yeah. I, I totally get that. But also like, don't, I, I don't think you should go into this with feeling a lot of pressure. Um, it, you, you know how electric these I mean, crowds it's are be great. for DIY drag. Like when I got to co-host with uh, Twat in October um, at the pop-up show at Trim Tab, like it, I, I just found a song that I, really was enjoying at the time and just went for it. And the crowd ate it up. Like it is the, one of the most positive environments that I think you can perform in. Um, And I mean, you know that, but just don't stretch yourself out, have fun and just have a, have a good time. Cause everyone's going to be living for you no matter what. Yeah. Um, I think really my goal tonight is just to be more of a rock for my partner because I I know they'll have a lot of, thoughts and emotions and feelings so yeah it, i get that the this first is time just another round this is just another round of the block for me whereas like right. this is like a big moment for them 
And they're also getting to do it with like a lot of people they really love Good. performing because like Karis is going to be in the show. I'm in the show. My partner's in the show. Bonbon's in the show. Twat is the host. And then also like they love green who is also in the show. Like there's a lot of really good people in the show that like, they're really excited to be like, this is their debut performance. So, right. What what a great lineup. Um, and I know for Bon Bon, you know, this is not her first time performing, but it is one of like, she she doesn't perform super often. She likes to have that air of mystery about her. Um, and so she has been prepping. Mr. E would make a great drag name. Mr. E. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there probably is one somewhere. Some, someone out there. Um, Mr. E machine. Um, but yes, uh, Bon Bon has been like, walk. I, I walk into the house and she's like got a wig on that she made or she'll be like wearing a different like dress or something. And um, it's so funny to me because she she wants my advice at times, but then there's other times where she's like, no, I know exactly what I'm doing. And I want to surprise you with this. So it's been really funny. Like last night in particular, she got a bunch of, uh, packages from our good friend Jeff Bezos and as she was like opening them I entered the living room where she was opening them and 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 Bon Bon just goes like go away why are you always snooping on my on my things and what I'm doing and I was like you're you're doing this in the living room like you're out on the front lawn like, in the middle of the day yeah, why are you doing an unboxing video on live stream of Facebook if you don't want me to know Danny um, <laughs> but it is what it is uh, so I'm excited to see what she gets to do I know she's got a lot of tricks up her sleeve um, so I'm just looking forward to being in the crowd trick, trick up, up my sleeve. sleeve do you know about the, the whole man? fiasco with that what do you mean the um uh, Eve 6000, right? I think that she like was not happy with Alaska for doing the, what do you call it? Um, <laughs> for, for With her putting that in her mix. I can't remember. I, I like vaguely, but I don't really keep up with that stuff a lot. So yeah. So like, uh, okay, this is, this is a kind of an old story, but Alaska put that, bit of the episode in her mix and then eve tweeted about it saying like you need to pay me if you want to use that and so alaska like on stage found her venmo oh yeah venmo her some money (laughs) for using it and so i mean honestly work you know cut that check right (laughs) but speaking of performances there's been a lot of things in media going around that i wanted to talk to you about yeah get your thoughts on uh have you seen that new miss cracker video the one where she's like in the dalmatian print dress with the corella deville high pony yeah i didn't even realize it was corella deville but corella now that you say that it totally is but she's she's just like halfway doing the dance moves and stuff and people have been eating her alive on social media about it i mean cracker's never been one that's like a dancer she's somebody that can do the moves mm-hmm. she's always been somebody that can do the moves but she also like corsets and pads so much that it's kind of hard yeah to do the moves and like it's one of those things just like know your brand <laughs> we don't expect cracker to dance right and if you're gonna like do that kind of stuff and be cracker do it with like a little bit of a wink wink nudge nudge yeah be in on the joke yeah i hope that she she does I mean, I, I hope she is in on the joke. 
Oh, that's that, that's rough. Uh, if she's not, but um, I think that she can find an opportunity to capitalize on it. You know, she's actually doing her own version of Who's Holiday. She is doing like a European tour. Oh. At, at doing, uh, I don't know if it's a tour, but she's she's doing her own like, what do you call it? Run of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it's like got her face on all the advertisements and stuff. So a lot of times I get compared to Miss Cracker, which I kind of see, but also kind of don't. Um, so I think y'all could be twins. Funny. Twins? Y'all look exactly the same. To yeah, me. I I I see that. They're both Jewish. Yeah, sure. <laughs> We're both Jewish. Why not? <laughs> okay. Um, I feel like there was also one other thing that happened this week, right? Like, yeah. Somebody else who like knows their branding. Oh yes. Miss Heidi Klum had their mm-hmm. Halloween party and uh, broke the internet. Kim Kardashian said. That she could never. But she did. What did you think about the worm? Oh, my God. The worm is all I need. And especially <laughs> when people have been like the... Do you remember when that thing went around of the girl that just randomly was like, asked her boyfriend, would you still love me if I was a worm? <laughs> is that what the inspiration was? I don't know if that's what the inspiration <laughs> was, but like, it's funny because now people are like using... Like it's layered now, and it's just like because Heidi, <laughs> Heidi, in all the interviews, is just like I wanted to be something random, so I like was a worm. Hey, yeah, okay, this might be uh, also random, but a problem I thought I would have a lot more in my adult life um, was I thought that there would be worms in alcoholic beverages as a kid. You know the is it because of that one like is it absinthe or that one kind of tequila or something? Yeah, that has like a worm in it, and like people always made a big deal of it on. TV. You know what I'm talking about? It's like about? one specific type of alcohol. Yeah, and it has a worm in it. But I always thought like, oh, I'd have to watch out for the worm if I <laughs> when I go to a bar. <laughs> but nope, it was just Heidi Klum the whole time. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> uh, well, today we are talking about branding as it comes to drag. And we're not talking about like cattle branding with no. a hot iron. I mean, we could. No permanent marks, though. I mean, it might be a fun... Dragula extermination challenge. A branding? Yeah. I I I think I would draw the line there. I don't know. I might do it for the show, but <laughs> we're gonna do it for the pod. I'm scared. We're, oh, I don't know what we would get. Just an FF. FF. <laughs> <laughs> on our ass. Uh, on our ass. I mean, <laughs> I'm down. Um. <laughs> so yes. So we're gonna be talking about branding and some do's and don'ts of that. Things that have worked well for each of us. Things that maybe haven't worked as well. Um. So, yeah, well, why don't we take a break and then get into it? All righty. And we are back (laughs) talking about branding. So, I feel like branding for me was kind of how I started drag. Yeah. Really? Like, I don't know. I think a lot of people kind of started with more of a performance aspect maybe like they, they went out to the club for the first time but for me I um th- that was really how I, I came up with the whole idea of Flapjack like the very first thing I did was make a Twitter account and it was under the name Flapjack Flapjacqueline with the Q mm-hmm. and this was probably even though I only started drag about two three years ago it was about five years ago that I started that account um, and because I had been playing around with the idea of doing drag for a long time. And something that I would do was if I had an idea for something, 
I would just go ahead and make all the social media handles for it um, and reserve those names until I wanted to use it later on. And so I just kind of stuck around with my Flapjack Twitter handle for a long time and built on it and built on it and built on it um, until I eventually started doing it. Oh. Yeah. That's kind of smart. If you have an idea for something, just snag that username. Yeah, I know. Because it's, it's so frustrating. Like, now, if I try to do Flap J. Quellen on something else, it's probably taken. Yeah. Because now you're a famous celebrity. <laughs> oh, yes. I am a celebrity. I hate coleslaw. <laughs> it's disgusting. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. What about you? What's your experience with branding been like? Um, For me, it's always just kind of been an ever-changing, ever-evolving journey. Because what I do now versus what I did when I started and what I thought I was going to do when I started are complete polar opposites. Hmm. Um, because, like, for me, Fawn has grown a lot with Travis. Yeah. Um, there's, I've had a lot of growth outside of drags, and a lot of that has carried over into drag and vice versa. Right. Um. For me, there's always going to be a little bit of an aspect of polish and a little bit of an aspect. Like, there's a certain quality that you're always going to expect from a fawn look, a fawn performance. Like, nothing is ever going to be half-assed. Like, there's going to be a lot of thought and intention into a lot of things. However, like, my style now versus my style, what it used to be, has definitely changed a little bit right well more than a little bit but (laughs) i mean you've grown you've grown into your brand i feel yeah and it's taken a lot of time and it's one of those things people need to realize you don't always have to know your brand from the jump there's so many ways to get where you want to go there's because we look like there are great examples in social media of drag artists that have clear defined brands and that can be like intimidating, but you don't have to like start with that. Yeah. It's a choose I, your own adventure. And that's kind of what I've done. I just kind of like experimented with different things to figure out what I liked and what stuck. Why do you think branding is important for a drag artist? I think it's important because like if you want people to have something that when you're not around, if they see something or hear something, they're thinking of you. They're, they think of yeah. you. Or even like, honestly, even if they smell something, because there's a lot of people that might have, <laughs> yeah, in a good way, there are a lot of people that have really strong signature smells. Mm-hmm. Karis um, is one of those people. Yeah. Literally, I can remember the every single time, I, well, maybe not every single time, but the first few times I saw Karis perform, I was hit with that signature Karis smell. And then one time I went to brunch and she like did this twirl. She swirled and twirled right in front of me. And I literally, the smell hit me again. And I was like, there she is. Right. <laughs> and it's just like, there's so many different layers to what like your branding can be. And you want people to be able to think of you when you're not around. Yeah. Cause you want to be able to leave a lasting impression. And if you don't have something that makes you who you are, you're just another drag entertainer. True. And I think that for me, I think branding is important because I view drag as a business. I view yeah. this as something that, I would like to have as an option that could potentially make money for me in the long run. Um, And I think that it's important to have a clearly defined 
brand so that when people are thinking, you know, we really need uh, this show is really missing a campy entertainer. This is really yeah. missing that comedy aspect. Oh, okay. Well, Flapjack's our gal. Like she's the campy comedy girl in town. Right. Um, and so for me, that was something that I, I didn't quite realize I wanted right at the start, but I realized it fairly early on. And I started leaning into that, um, within like the first six months or so of yeah. me doing drag. Um, my, when I when I first started, the whole name surrounding Flapjack, I was like, okay, I want to reserve this as uh, across all platforms. I want it to be simple. I want it to be something a lot of people can remember. I want it to be something that works for lots of different types of audiences, whether that be um, if I'm doing it's an appropriate name that I can use if I write a children's book or do a uh, a book reading at like a you know a drag queen story hour. Yeah. Or if I'm performing at a nightclub, I can make a lot of like adult innuendos with the name Flapjack. Yeah. So I that I wanted a name that was really versatile for that purpose. She's on first queen. Exactly. Because I wanted to be open to as many oh. business opportunities. She's versed and she's open, everybody. All the time. Cause if you say plugged, you don't have to what? Get plugged. Amen. <laughs> um so yeah, I, I mean that was that was really how it it my thought that is my thought process on the brand and i find that to be really important i think a lot of people get caught up on what drag race critiques say of not getting put into a box yeah um and i personally disagree with that a bit like I what do you mean I do think can you it, explain yeah i do think you should be able to step out of your comfort zone in drag. I get that. And I think that you should be able to do other areas that you may not be used to. But I also think that by being in a box, people know, okay, I right. need to fill this hole. This is the person who is going to do I that I love job. filling a good hole. I can tell. Uh, <laughs> um, so... Yeah, that, that is why I think it's important. I think that a lot of people who get caught up in, oh, I don't want to be put into a box, kind of can lose themselves in not having a clearly defined brand. I mean, if you think about, like, you're, when you think about, like, drag artists and the people that immediately come to mind when you think about drag are usually the people that have very strong brands. Yeah. They're, some of them may not always be good brands, but they're... True. I mean, clearly it's a good enough brand if it makes you immediately think of them. Exactly. Like, you just want to be memorable. And if you don't have anything that's unique to you... Unique? <laughs> <laughs> I did not think that would get you as much as it did. <laughs> um, if you don't have that charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent... Um, <laughs> Um, but for real, if you don't have that uniqueness, what is going to make people remember you by? Right. Like, you need to have something that you can say at the end of the day, people will remember me for X, Y, Z. Right. The, the way I make them feel at the end of yeah. the day is X, Y, Z. Um, yep. So how would you define your brand? Um, I would say mine is what I have been like trying to push it to very slowly over time. And some of that comes from me being anal about wanting to like still maintain the same amount of polish. Anal um, polish. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, mine has really been a lot more of that like androgynous, non-binary, not gender non-conforming kind of rawness. Mm -hmm. And it has 
always had a little bit of that like campy flair because I'm a big old goofball. Yeah. But also has started incorporating a lot more of that like grungier punk kind of vibe to it. Um, because I mean, it's something that I appreciate and love in and out of drag. And it's also one of those things that until I really started performing that kind of music, I didn't realize how much I loved performing that kind of music Mm. and like watching myself back, seeing how much more I come alive doing that kind of music than doing like Britney Spears. Yeah. Like I see what you mean. Yeah. Mm hmm. I, I and I totally see that for you. I think that is a lot of. That, I've that, been wearing a lot of plaid your, lately. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have so much plaid now. Yeah, <laughs> the gingham. Just wait. <laughs> Goddess. Just wait till you see what I'm wearing tonight. More plaid. <laughs> yeah, Ooh. and I also have another plaid fabric that I haven't made uh, <laughs> an outfit with. I have a plaid fabric that has just been waiting for me to do something with it. Um, it's in my drag closet. I really need to get to work on it. Cause that like, I've had this idea, like I've sketched it out and everything and it's just been sitting in my closet for like Is a, it a year. kilt. No, it's not a kilt, but it's something that has been kind of done a lot recently. And so I'm sort of reimagining, I'm trying to reimagine it. So I don't end up doing the same thing as someone else. Um, I want to hear what so. this is, but you can tell me not yeah. on the pod. I will show you. Um, but Anyways, for for me, I would say that the three words that describe my drag brand are camp, comedy, and glamour. And glamour is sort of a newer one for me that I did not quite realize until I finished Camp Wanakiki. Yeah. Um, Because when I was at, when I'm in Birmingham and I perform with people in Birmingham, I am usually the weirdest girl in the room. You know, I'm, I'm an oddball, I'm kooky, and... Yeah, I'm, I'm walking all, on sunshine. Walking and on sunshine, and he's always trying to make people laugh. But when I was at camp, I was like the toned back, <laughs> um, pretty one. I felt, yeah. you know, uh, like or not pretty one, but one of the pretty ones. And I just didn't realize that until I went back and watched. And I've I've put all of my looks on social media now, and I and I look at okay, what's what's the through line here? And it's like, you know, I am pretty glamorous. I really do have that southern That's, pageant influence yeah. in my look that I didn't quite realize until. You literally Looking like took back. the words out of my mouth. I was like, you can really tell that like where you come from with I'm, your drag. It's like my mom is a pageant queen or something. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, and I, at first I was like, I don't know if I like that about myself, but I really do. I love that glamour aspect of things. And someone wants, someone recently called me a glam girl and I was like, what? Why does that feel good? So um, yeah, I, I'm really leaning into that now. It's definitely something that I can relate to because yeah. I feel like that's definitely a through line for my drag too. Like mm. I have always been that like, there's always been an aspect of like glamour and polish mm-hmm. and like the look like, a like words are hard. They are hard, especially when branding, like you have to choose yeah. them so carefully. Because it's like, I have always been very intentional about the choices that I've made and what I present look-wise. So it's just like, glamour has always been one of those things because, I mean, I want to look pretty. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if you're you're not looking pretty, you're not doing drag. I want to be pretty. (laughs) Um, So yeah, like it's definitely one of those things, especially with where we come from in the South wear pageantry and rhinestones and glitz and glamour and glitter and all of that kind of reign supreme. And I think that it's not even that it just reigns supreme. It's not just that it has influence. It's, it's how we survive here. Like that too. I would not have bookings 
if I did, I think if I did not have that element to my drag around here, because that yeah. is a standard that is expected. Um, and as long as I'm operating within that rule, I feel that I can break some other rules in other areas yeah. by being more campy and oh, comedic. I understand the <laughs> following some rules so you can break others, especially as somebody that like, <laughs> I feel like that was shady. Um, I mean, it wasn't shady towards you. Okay. I know not towards me, but I don't know. Um, I I sensed it. It's just like, for me, there are certain things that I do that are so non-traditional Birmingham drag. Mm -hmm. And I like, I'm very intentional by using Birmingham because I don't want to just generalize styles of drag, but just what I'm doing is outside of the norm for Birmingham, Alabama. Yeah. I would agree. Um, so like there are still things that like I don't wear boobs, which has like become more accepted in Birmingham, mm-hmm. but I also have facial hair and there's not many other facial hair yeah. entertainers in Birmingham. I'm not the first one. Saliva Godiva was our first one, um, who is now an Atlanta artist, but it, for, it is not something you see frequently. It's not something you see often. And like anytime people are like, I'm thinking about trying it. I'm like, yes, do it. Um, so like, that's one of the big things for me. I have been knocked out of booking specifically because I have facial hair. Yeah. Um, so then like, and then I don't wear boobs. And then it's just so like, Oh, now I definitely need to make sure I have nails on. Mm-hmm. Oh, I need to wear pads. I've gone down on my pad size for something that to make something that more fits what I am happy with in drag and fits a little bit more of an androgynous silhouette, but it's still more of a traditional silhouette. And I I think there's something about striking a balance with your brand, you know, like because you, you need to, if if you are looking to have money, I, I think, or to make money in this, in this business, then I think you do have to say, okay, well, here's the rules to which I am confined. And then, you know, learning how to operate under those while also still meeting the goals that are a happy medium for what you personally want to express. And you've kind of got to know the rules in order to be able to break the rules. Like you've got to know how to operate under the rules in order to be able to break the rules. How do you find the rules? I mean, experience talking to people, figuring it out. Like I think doing pageants is a really good way to learn basic rules. That's a good way. Also just like some of it is just like, Go to drag shows. Yeah, that's and what you see. The people, a lot of times, mm, like those headliner entertainers. Yeah, there's a reason they're the headliners. Yeah, and it's one of those things too. You mentioned like you've kind of like got to strike a balance until you make it big, on like a show like Drag Race or Dragula, or something like that, where you are literally like just skyrocketed mm-hmm. and getting bookings because of you as yourself you really do have to find that balance because people aren't going to like people need a relatability in order to book you. If you don't yeah. have some national acclaim. Exactly. Um, I, yeah, I think those are all great points. And so what we're going to do is we're going to go through a list of some ways to brand yourself um, and, and talk about how we have done that for ourselves and ways that um, and maybe tips that we have for ways that you can do that if you are an up and coming entertainer who is looking for ways to brand yourself. Um, and I think the biggest, most important thing when it comes to branding yourself is your name. You don't say. I mean, it's how people refer to you, I would think. Um, and certainly not like I wouldn't. 
a name when it's in our podcast title. I know, right? And we both have in like uh, inanimate because deers are animate. But we both have like we have non-traditional drag names, I would and say. we have symbolic <laughs> names that we can put imagery with. Exactly. So when it comes to when it comes to a name, like I've already talked a little bit about how um, about how, the goals I had for my name. But um, so Fawn, I'm curious, how did you come up with the name Fawn? So I think I've talked about it a little bit on some past episodes. Fawn was originally a three-word pun name. Um. That was about fondling wood. Oh. Um, but it also, all three parts of the name were very earthy, woodland kind of inspiration. So I always kind of wanted that, like, a little bit of a woodland vibe to the yeah. name. And it also has just kind of lent to where I can do, like, deer-inspired numbers and stuff like that very easily. And it's just been, like fun in that aspect I don't know I'm kind of trailing off no trailing off as a deer does off the trail um yeah I I think that when it comes to a name I really also wanted it to be easy to remember that too I I didn't want to have some difficult to spell triple word name you know it's just flapjack and also wanted something that nobody else has yeah that's the other thing do some googling if when you're picking out a name uh because if you just type in flapjack drag you'll find me and you shouldn't find anybody else if you do let me know uh, <laughs> so yeah i think also when it comes to your name it should you should be thinking proactively about ways that you can utilize that right like ways yeah. that you can make it into a brand on its own like right. the imagery thing that you were talking about right um go ahead and reserve those names on social media that is really important and do your best to make it consistent across social media platforms so that people can find you more easily yeah and on tipping platforms so like with venmo cash app like i can't tell you how many times i've seen names that are like Vicky D eight six four ten eleven twelve eighty seven. You know, and it's like, how is anyone supposed to figure out that that is how they are going to tip you? And if you want to get money, you should make that pretty easy for people. Meanwhile, to find I you, fully just changed my Venmo and Cash App. <laughs> Not me reading to mustached ninety four. <laughs> but I mean, at least it's consistent, right? Like yeah. between those two platforms. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I was not able to get Flap J Quellen on Venmo. But I was able to have it on everything That's else. That's because I have it. So. <laughs> okay, well. I'm trying to get your tips. Fawn may die. <laughs> there have been times though where I've sent my cash up in Venmo and people have accidentally like flipped it around. So I went and claimed my Venmo handle on Cash App as well. And then sometimes I'll check it. And every now and then I'll have like a, like a little $5 tip that was sitting in there. Oh. I know, right? Surprise money. I know. And that's always nice. Um I also think that your name can play into the type of drag that you want to do. Yeah. Um, so. Cause I mean, yeah, for fun, you would expect a little bit of a statuesque-ness mm. with a name like fun. I mean, honestly, when you hear fun, don't you kind of expect somebody that's a little bit tall legs yeah, I could see that. Yeah, yeah, like a, a long legs. Okay, yeah, yeah, I get that. Um, to to be honest, fawn is like a the a baby deer, right? Yeah. So I 
kind of saw it as short. But, but I, yeah, I see but what you mean. have like long. They do have long legs, so legs. that makes sense. Maybe you should change your name to Giraffe. <laughs> Welcome to Flapping in Giraffe. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, I, I do think it should play into the type of drag that you want to do. Like, if you want to do a, a pageant, uh, if you want to be have that more of a pageant aesthetic and want to kill the world of pageants, you I, can be Amelia Dupree, Amine, Van Cartier. Yeah, Sinclair. I, th- I think you could go with the more traditional drag name if that is the brand that you're looking for. And and there's nothing wrong with that. It just may not have been what Fawn and I wanted to do. Right. Um, now, that being said, I Flapjack has done pageants before, um, but the pageants that I typically do are something that's really close to me and, and my personal brand, like wanting like uh, being non-binary. So I do the mixed division of pageants or wanting to do something funny because I don't like comedy queen makes more sense for Which, a name like flapjack in my opinion i will say like just because you have a campy name and stuff like that doesn't exclude you from doing pageantry True. and it doesn't True. exclude you from doing well right in pageantry one of the somebody that has won multiple national titles i think multiple i know they have won at least one is buffet oh true but oh yes yes I think Buffet is also very smart with her brand. Like she, she is one who I really look up to um, because a, she is very campy, but she also has that old school pageantry aesthetic. Yeah. Um, but she's done things like entertainer of the year, right? Which right. allows you to be a little bit more outside the box than I think. Outside the of the flapjack in the box. The, mm-hmm, precisely. Precisely. Um, oh my God. I love Buffet. I literally, anytime I need inspiration, I look to her. Like I, I go to her social media. I think she's I do love really going cool. to a nice buffet. Me too. Speaking of which I'm hungry. You want to take a break? Sure. And we are back, 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 talking about branding. Yes. Okay, so we're continuing with our list of um, the ways you can brand yourself. So what about makeup? What are some ways you can brand yourself with your makeup? A lot of people have a lot, like... Hang it. Oh, don't die. Hello? Hello, are you okay? (laughs) Sorry, I'm like... Got a little choked on something. I don't know what that was. <laughs> um, so a lot of people have a signature look, like a something that is uniquely theirs that nobody else really has. Mm-hmm. When you think about it, like the people like the Bianca Del Rios, the Trixie Mattels, yeah. um, there's a lot, but I can't think. Yeah, there. I mean, there are so but many people like, who have. Uh, Crystal Method. Crystal is Method. Um. Even like Dolly, Dolly from Dragula, like these signature stamped mugs that like nobody else is really doing what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And if they are, it's because they're inspired by them. Do you have something that you feel is your signature stamp on your makeup? I mean, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like I do have a few things that could be, but they're not what I do every single time. Yeah. Like I've started that like spiky eyeshadow moment. I love a little that. like horned eyeshadow moment. And I've started doing things like the like line across the nose and like the X on the cheek with the slit in the brow. But that's not anything that's like 100% uniquely me. Like other people do do that, but it also isn't like common. 
Yeah, yeah. I hear I'm you. not original in that, but I'm also still uncommon. Like, yes. I feel like for me, I do try to have a brand in my makeup, um, but it's particularly in my eye sh- uh, my eyeliner. Um, yeah, I initially, honestly, I'll, I'll be straight up. I copied it from uh, Ellie Diamond, and I really liked how she had her eye, her, how her eyes looked when they were closed. <laughs> um, you know, yeah. it made like a really cool shape. But then after I shaved my eyebrows, I realized that I have certain muscles that allow my face to look really animated when I move my eyebrow muscles now that they've been shaved. So I have started following a line on my actual, where my eyebrows used to be. Um, and it, it gives them this really sharp animated look that I can kind of move the center of it around. Um, and so I do think that my makeup is similar in ways to like ketamine or LA diamond, but I think that I've done a good job of making flapjack's face flapjack's face yeah you know uh, but that also being said i have a hard time breaking out of it <laughs> and so i need to i want to try expressing myself in different ways with makeup too whereas like for me i feel like i have a very clear like you look at my face and you know it's fun but i'm always experimenting and playing with things yeah to where there is a through line and you can very distinctly tell that it's me and mm. it's just minor details are changed but like it may not be the exact same stamp every time. Right. Because also I get bored doing the same thing. That makes sense. That makes sense. I, I just was so scared of makeup when I first started. You know, it's like once I found yeah. the thing that worked for me, I didn't want to change anything. <laughs> I was like blue eyeshadow every time. <laughs> so I just I like, get okay, so bored <laughs> so easily with makeup that yeah. I'm like, okay, it's been three months. Time to try something new. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh God, when is is my face ever going to just like have every time I think I land on what is going to be my face? I change it. (laughs) (laughs) What about aesthetic wise? Like I know makeup plays into this a bit, but how can you brand yourself with your aesthetic? I mean, colors. Yes. Are a big thing. Look at your like Trixie. You think of pink Jan, you think of purple, um rose you think of pink with laguna blue who is the other third of that stephanie's child group is blue like colors is a good way to do it there's also just like when you think of somebody a lot of this is easier to like give examples of yeah um what's her name priyanka (laughs) that's actually a really good one yeah that is good brand that's a good one um God, why can I not think of her name? Because I love her. And she was on season 14. Um, uh, top five? Yes. Uh, 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 Bosco? No, but also that brow is a good example. But that's makeup. The um, What is her name? Crystal Method's daughter. Oh, Diabetti. Diabetti. Also, that whole thing about her being looking too much like Crystal. Oh, I shit. thought that was bullshit. So, so stupid. I thought that was bullshit. <laughs> it irritated the hell out of me but like diabetti has this through line of a punk rock kind of aesthetic um that is distinctly diabetti exactly and she's kept that through and through right um yeah i i I totally see that i think that that is something that i have really played with a lot and i still haven't quite nailed down what i want to be with my aesthetic um but I, I do think that vintage plays a really big role in the ways I, that I brand myself. I definitely see you with like a lot of vintage inspiration oh, and influences. I think you started playing with a little bit more now. More vintage or more? More like outside of the realm of vintage. Yeah. 
I would agree. Um, I, I think I feel like I feel like Flapjack really started with like this business professional kind of look. You know, <laughs> I would always get like suit jackets and and do stuff with that. Um, but I, I, I don't know. Vintage has been something that has stuck around for a, lo- a long time for me. But I, I like playing with classic silhouettes, um, yeah. and and usually bright colors or at least a pop of a bright color you love a bright color you love like a pink and a yellow i do those oh, are two pink, colors yellow, that green. i see you in a lot All in drag <laughs> what about like catchphrases and personality wise um i think of coleslaw when i think of people who have branded themselves with a personality yes like, that is huge like yeah everyone knows the coleslaw voice um or anyone who is anybody knows the cold slot voice. Uh, and they uh, also just how wild and zany she is just at her core. Um, that's a big one. I mean, catchphrases as well. Like what's her name? You know, Priyanka. Yeah. Um, who else has had, or do you have any catchphrases or ways that you I try don't to really have like a catchphrase myself mm. other than, <laughs> 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 Yeah. Please go on mic tonight. <laughs> I don't even know that I could like re- replicate that. <laughs> it was a once in a in a lifetime kind of moment. Honestly. It truly was. <laughs> um but like catchphrases it's like that one's for me one of the hard ones. Yeah. Because you have to kind of like almost come across it organically. You can't force a catchphrase. So true. Because people won't buy it. Right. But if we're going to go with catchphrases, you could also go with taglines. True, true, true. Because that's what's going to be said before your name, before you're introduced yeah. on stage. That's kind of how I imagined my Camp Kiki one. What starts with F and ends with CK? You know, and then I said it at the intro and then in my exit as well. Yeah. Um, and let me just say that I did have a plan for if I won as well to incorporate it into oh. what I would say. Um, Maybe but, we'll wait and hear it on an all-star season. All-star or something. I don't know. Maybe when I win something next time, I'll say it. <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> um, but because I know for me, like one of my big things that I get called on stage by is like the mustache maven mm. because that one is very non-gendered and it's yeah. Like, you immediately know, oh, this entertainer has a mustache. And it's just like, that is one of the things that's very unique for me in town. So it's just like, oh, we know that's going to be fun. What was, you had another one as well. The Woodland Glamazon or something like that. That's what it was. I always thought it was alliteration, but I guess it wasn't. The Woodland Glamazon. Mm -hmm. Okay. It also goes into the fact that my name is Fawn. Yeah. So like, they they make sense. Yeah. My favorite taglines, like aside from like pageant ones or like from Camp Wadakiki, my favorite one is you can top her with butter because she spreads. Um, And I feel like I had another one recently that I can't quite remember, but there is an up and coming entertainer in town who has uh, a nice one. It's like the Royal Butterfly of Birmingham. Monarch. Monarch. Uh, I really enjoy that one. Um, Okay. And then what about performance style? I think performance style is another good way to brand yourself. Oh yeah. Because also like we as people, compare people to things Mm -hmm. and so it's just like one of the popular things to do that we probably shouldn't do as much as we do is like oh that person would be good on drag race that person would be good on dragula that person would be good on camp wanakiki yeah and so like your performance style is automatically gonna lend you 
into like what people are going to be like, oh, you should audition for this show. Exactly. Um, and it's also just like, are people coming to you for a comedy routine? Are people coming to you for like actual stand up? Um, yeah. Or are they coming for you for the cat, 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 cow? Like dancing. Yeah. <laughs> or are they coming to you to watch you pour blood on yourself and like staple money to yourself? Like, yeah. What is it? What's your performance style? Yeah. Um, I put a lot of my branding into my mixes. It, it, I, I let that kind of do a lot of the heavy lifting for me with yeah. my mixes or with my performances. Um, and I think a lot of people, when they come to a flapjack show, they're looking to see what costumes I'm going to be wearing. I think that they are also maybe looking to laugh. Um, so I try to do to really play. up. They're all going to laugh at you. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I look to play up one of those two things or yeah. both. Um, every single time I perform, it is very rare for me to want to try to do like a dancing sort of number but i have done them before um it's just not my favorite thing to do yeah i i relate to that because like especially for a while you could always count on some kind of absurd mix (laughs) that had some kind of like through line that it might be one word that every song had in common yeah but like it was like the emphasis of the song so like i would have all these absurd mixes (laughs) and it's just I love the absurd mixes. Same, but it's just like after a while you start running out of ideas for them. True, true. Uh, yeah, you have to like really scour the internet for things. And then uh, you start scraping the bottom of the barrel and then you're like, is this actually good? Right. So true. You strike gold with the first one and then you're just trying to replicate that from there. Exactly. It's just like Ryan Murphy trying to continue American Horror Story. <laughs> All these renditions. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I, I think there is a certain formula in like a mix that you, you don't want to let it become too much of the same thing. Cause yeah. there was a while I was doing lots and lots and lots of prank calls and it just became very predictable. I feel so I, I started mixing things up and found a new way to, to do it, to reinvent the wheel. Okay. So that's a lot of positive ways you can brand yourself. Yeah. There are also some things that can brand you kind of negatively. Um, so what are some things that you don't love to see or that you that really stick out to you when you see people do it frequently um i mean one of the things that will immediately get you noticed and get people talking (laughs) is whatever you're taking all of your drama to facebook whether social especially if you're going to be vague booking it like people notice And, and i think it's a matter of how much you do it I, yeah. I like I eh, I mean once or twice eh, okay right but if it's literally it like once a week or twice, once a day like oh my god for some people like like people notice and they screenshot it and send it to other people yeah that's not the kind of publicity you want yes all publicity is no not all publicity is good publicity because that is the kind of thing show directors look at mm-hmm. show directors are gonna be like if that's how they are on social media what are they like in real life yeah i don't want to put that in my show because that's going to ruin the energy of the show right like i would really encourage you to have conversations with people directly to be open to be to be willing to listen open like flapjacks hole always i mean it just sounds like this um so yeah just like take that time and and have a conversation with someone rather than taking that drama to for everyone to, to see and have it be aired out online. Um, also pick your battles. 
Like, you do not need to air out every single thing because it it really, if if drama starts to follow you, it's noticed. Yeah. You know? Um, You don't need to post about how somebody gave you a dirty look. No, please don't. It's... and we already have so much negativity happening in the community. Like, please just contribute to the positive. Um, and I think that it, you know, that is one thing that it, it portrays a certain image of you online and you certainly don't want to reinforce a negative image of yourself in the dressing room. Um, like I, people often assume that drag entertainers are super catty or mean. And I, I don't, I'm not that way at all. I think that I often put my foot in my mouth and I don't mean to, to be that way. Um, and people will take it as like, Oh, she's being cunty or whatever, but really, no, I'm just not always that smart. So the person (laughs) who called me out on the pod for saying that the first time I saw you perform, I said, is this your first time? (laughs) You did. I was so excited to work with you and you were like, what? It, oh, is this your first time in drag? <laughs> <laughs> well, I had never seen you before. I know, I know. But I took it as, oh, those brows. Good God. Uh, <laughs> My um, brows weren't even bad then. Then? <laughs> they used to be bad. Are you talking but, about my brows? Oh, mine. Oh, no, you looked great. Oh. It was just my brows. Oh. I was saying that I thought you were saying about my brows. Oh. Like yeah. Anyways. But yeah, cattiness in the dressing room. This is not like Drag Race is made up. It is reality television. Yeah. Same with Dragula. If you come in there swinging at people the way that they do on that show, I, d- don't expect to work there again. And it's like we've talked about before. I think on our like starting drag episode, like there is kikiing and shade and stuff that happens backstage, but that happens when you have built a certain rapport with right. somebody. You don't want to just like come in there and just start throwing it all around with somebody that you don't know on that level. Yeah. It it probably won't be taken the way that you want it to be. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I I think that's really important. Also, like there are some basic professionalism things like a no call, no shows arriving really late for a booking. Like I think a good rule is to show up at least an hour for the, uh, an hour before the show starts, especially if it's the first time that you're performing there and you don't really know the vibe. Don't be showing up five minutes late because you assume everyone's on drag queen time. Not everyone's irresponsible. Yeah. Make sure you know what time call time is. Yes. Some shows will just be a 30 minutes ahead of time. Call time. Some shows will be an actual hour ahead of time. And if you don't know, ask. Yeah. It's okay to ask. It's very okay to ask. And it's just one of those things. So much of like the, negative forms of branding really come from your backstage etiquette mm-hmm. and like what show directors perspectives of you are and what other entertainers because people talk like yep. if you're a menace and like you're unprepared which is another good one that's a backstage thing if you're if you no call no show or you're late or you're all about the drama or you just come unprepared Show directors are going to talk about it. Yeah, it's going to be noticed. Um, another thing that I would say, just backtracking a little bit, when it comes to questions not to be afraid to ask, don't be afraid to ask, how how much is the pay for this gig? Like, how, how will I get paid for this gig? Yeah. Is this going to be Venmo? Should I wait to stay um, and get paid in cash before I leave? And and hold your show directors to that. You know, it's, it's important to have that accountability because it is very easy to just go unpaid uh, yeah. you know if, if you don't ask um, knowledge is power in that sense you know you want to be as proactive about that as you can right you uh, want to be proactive not reactive exactly 
Um, and I, you know, something that I didn't realize until somewhat recently was there was this show or not show. There was, uh, when I was in college, I studied music for a little while and they talked to us a little bit about gigs and how to have certain gig etiquette, you know? Um, and there was this one professor I had who gave us the example of his, he showed up on time, but all of his bandmates showed up right when the show was supposed to start. And so the the venue cut their pay because they didn't follow through on what they were supposed to do. Yeah. And then after the, his band got really upset about their pay and their cut and pay, they made a really big deal saying that the venue was in a contract violation uh, for, for not paying them the amount that was said originally agreed upon. The venue ended up paying them and then never booked them again. And so it's like, what, like weigh your options. Are you, you know, how, how are you going to go about having this conversation so that you can make sure you're still able to stick around in the business um, versus uh, having um, having you be paid what you're worth yeah. in that moment? Um, but also some of it comes to like, is that venue worth fighting to try to stay at? And that's going to be a different battle for everybody. Right. right. It de- yeah, I think it depends on what goals are and everything. Um Okay, so some other negative forms of branding, like we've already talked about not being prepared for shows, but I think another one is also ties into that is like sloppy performances. You know, have an idea of what you want to do on stage. Yeah. You know, have your have your materials. At the bare minimum, your know your words. Yes, know your words. Have 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 backups backups for mixes. Like don't just yeah. email it. Have a backup USB in case one USB doesn't work. Um, I think a good rule to have is like these basic things they teach you in high school, honestly, like if you need to do a presentation for something, have three ways to access that presentation, right? You want to have it emailed to the person who's going to set it up. You want to bring it on a USB or, and you want to have it uh, to access from a, your own device maybe. And that way, no matter what you can do what you got to do to perform. Right. And I think it's the same thing. Email that mix, have it on a USB and then have it on your phone if all else fails. Um, so those are, those are some good basic things to have. Um, how do you feel about people who like drink a lot while they perform? Um, it's one of those things. Be very aware of what your limit is. Yeah. Be aware of how you handle alcohol and what might be too much because there's nothing wrong with drinking during a show. Uh, most of us do it. If most of us that do drink do drink during shows. Right. Um, there's nothing wrong with it. Just be responsible. Just like drinking in general. Because you don't want to be a sloppy mess. We've all probably been that person. Because sometimes it takes finding what that too far is. Yeah. Most I feel like most of us have probably had that experience. Where we probably did get a little too drunk at a show. But if it's a regular thing... People, people will notice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would also say it's okay to not drink while you're working. That's okay too. Yeah. And and just feel comfortable in having that boundary of saying, Oh, I'm sorry. I just don't drink while I perform. Yeah. And And I know plenty of people that do that and more power to them. Right. Um, I personally like a little bit of liquid courage. (laughs) Um, I, I would limit, I limit myself. Um, but I, I don't, completely abstain you know i also have like a pretty decent tolerance oh nice i'm along 
lanky bitch. So there's yeah. a lot. Moral of the story is you want to look reliable. You yeah. want to present yourself in the best light possible um, with a positive energy and like you are there to promote the show that you are in. Um, you want to be that person that you want to watch. Exactly. And you want to be that person that you want to work with. Okay, so I have a list of things that we are going to flaunt, flaunt, fawn or flop together. Flaun, lol. Like, that's huh. um, we so, should have some flan one day on the pod. <laughs> we should. And I've we, never had it. You've never had flan? No. Oh, yeah. We should do a little flan party. Flapping and fawning and flaunting. Um, okay, so I'm going to read some common brands, uh, like some examples of brands, and I want you to tell me if you fawn or flop that particular brand for that particular person. Okay. Okay. The first one is Manila's wig stripe. Like, you know, the wig stripe, like the skunk yeah. stripe in her hair. I think that's definitely a fawn. It's a fawn for me as well. I think it's cute. Uh, how about Monet exchanges sponge? Flop. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as you said Monet, I knew what it was going to be. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's a, I think it's kind of a fawn for me. I think it's funny and campy. If you have Monique, or Mo Hart's uh, brown cow stunning in this, that is also a flop. I'm just preemptively. <laughs> I didn't, but why not? Flop. I, yeah, I didn't get it when I watched All Stars 4, but I had not watched her original season, and I was like, why is she brown cow stunning? What? Uh, stunning! But I do like Mo Hart, and I... Th- Same. I would have liked to have seen her... I would have been okay with seeing her win um, versus the world. You I'm know? happy blue one. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> how about Bob the Drag Queen's Purse First? That is a fawn for me. Yeah, it's a fawn for me. I really like that song. And um, that was one of the first big, like, intentional branding moments that we had on Drag Race. Yeah. And it actually worked. I hope that we get to see Bob again on TV. Because um, we I, have We're Here. Well, yeah. Do you not watch that? No, Do you I not? don't. I need to. Uh, there's oh, so much drag TV. We need to have more Bob on TV, but I'm not watching the show that he's on. Okay, okay, okay. Fine, fine, fine. But, but um, I would like to see Bob again on Drag Race, I should say. Because I think that some of their music that's come out has just not been as strong as Purse First. Um, but anyway. They just released a new song. I, oh, like a newer than the one I showed you the other day? It just came out like yesterday. And oh! there's a video for it. Wait, is it the one that's called, I think, Black? Yeah. Okay, okay. I have not seen it yet, but I saw some of the promos that's for good. it. good. I want to see it. Or listen to it. And I want to watch the music video. Okay, what about Coco Peru's Red Wig? I mean, it's not my thing, but I have a strong affinity for it because it's just like... That was one of the early things of drag that I saw. Yeah. And it is so specifically tied to Coco Peru. I'm going to give it a fawn. It's I, smart. You know, I fawn it as well. How about Aiden Zane's wig? <laughs> <laughs> is this a serious question? Yeah, for real. I mean, okay. So why, like, because I'm curious. Flop. It's a flop. Okay. Now I'm curious. Why is it a flop? But the other one's a fawn. Because also that Aiden wears more than just that. True. And also Aiden since Drag Race wears a lot more a than lot just more that. Than just that that one little bus driver wig that they had like four of. Yeah, I don't know. I liked it. I'm a fawn. I'm a lightly fawn. It. I thought it was cute. I would wear it. Um, what about like Katya's Russian horror thing? I think it's great. Yeah, I I like it too. Is it a fawn for you? I think that's a fawn. Yeah, it's fawn. I love like something that's just like, especially because she had that through line on both of her entrance looks for um the two seasons she was on. 
and like it felt like all stars 2 was like the elevation of it yes there's a lot you can play off of with that as well and i think it's something that katya like as a human behind the makeup actually really enjoys russian culture as well yeah um so it, it, I don't know, it just, it works really well for her. Um, but it's something you have to commit to, you know, right. if, if you were to, to do. What about Alaska's whole like trash queen vibe? I vibe with it. Okay. It's a fawn for me. Especially like when she does like the trash bag stuff. Yeah. It's great. Like there's, I, I love dichotomies mm-hmm. in general. So like doing this like highly glamorized trash, like I love any kind of, strong polar opposites and blending them together so that's like a big fun for me i also enjoy it because of alaska's personality like yeah. i don't think that anyone could do that you know Her makeup is terrible yeah i mean she she like knows that she's ironic like this is my hair i don't wear wigs um if you're not wearing nails you're not doing drag yes like i yeah i like it fawn for alaska how about abora's nose like the little piece of construction paper i love it it's like not i don't know that i've seen other people really do it yeah it's very unique and like abora just in general has such a like signature face yeah I am obsessed. So that's a fun. There was one. Um, I didn't realize how striking it was and how, how much it made me realize, oh, that's Abora until uh, my partner and I, we went back and watched all of Abora's looks after they got eliminated on Titans. Um, we went and watched all of their looks from season two and we didn't even recognize her the one time she wasn't wearing it. And when it was like the horror movie yeah. challenge and she was, and they all had to do kind of, um, traditional female impersonation kind of drag yes yeah yeah that was really she did look good though she looked great but we were like wait who is that oh yeah. oh that's her um so yeah it's a, it's a fawn for me it's a, a very good job of branding that is very alt um okay last one plastic tiara's tiktoks like her social media brand <laughs> I mean, I here's debate. the thing. Yeah, I think it's smart. Uh huh. Do I enjoy it? No, but I think it is obviously successful. I think it is smart because it is successful. But I think it's just so one dimensional. Yeah, I f- I feel similarly because it's literally always the same thing, just a different outfit. I also. Um, I have a decent amount of experience with people from Vietnam and Vietnamese culture and yeah. plastic is Vietnamese. And one of the things that I, I uh, some feedback I frequently get from my Vietnamese friends is like, Oh, well, you should do something that looks a little more feminine or I'll get like a lot of, um, a lot of praise when I have a high film look. And I think that is that transformation is something that that particular culture really enjoys when it comes to, um, a brand. Yeah. And so I think that that is lo- partially why plastic has been so successful on an international level with it. Yeah. But I do think it, I, I very much agree. It is kind of one dimensional and I would like to see her do something else. Like, it, have you seen that Jasmine masters video? That's like same old shit, same old fucking shit. <laughs> no, but I mean, that sounds <laughs> accurate. Yeah. But I do like it. Like it's, I, I, she's gotten more creative with them recently. So I'm following it for that. Um, Okay, well, this has been quite the episode to talk about branding. We've talked about some good things, talked about some bad things, personal ways that we have branded ourselves and grown into that. 
What's been your big takeaway from this week's episode? Um, everybody's journey is different. Don't. <laughs> oh, that's that's the everybody's different. Uh, <laughs> but like branding is something that is important. Um, it's definitely what is going to make you memorable. But if I was going to like give advice to somebody that's newer, that's mm. trying to discover their brand, yeah, I would say there's two routes. If you started drag and you had a specific brand in mind, run with it. But if you don't, have fun, play around, figure out what you want, and then go from there. Because mm. like you don't have to have all of your answers from the jump. Clearly, I didn't. <laughs> And clearly, I'm semi-successful. I have a podcast. Yeah, so. I mean. And I, you're listening to this, so. <laughs> I mean, podcast is the highest level of achievement. The right. Drag it's the- even <laughs> higher than Drag Race. It's yes, higher much, than Entertainer of the higher. Year. <laughs> it's higher than Miss Continental. Not me dropping my vape. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's on brand. Um, Fair. <laughs> Or me losing it. That's also on brand and then triggering a full on panic attack. I, it's funny. I, I think my tip, I think this is where you and I really differ. And my tip is kind of different. It's like pick something and stick with it until it doesn't work anymore. Um, I think that if you are wanting to like be successful and reach a level of success quickly and reach goals quickly, um, you need to find something that works and really perfect that. Uh, and, and I mean, cause that, that is what has worked for me. Like really find that one area where you are good at that you like and really spend a lot of time with that area. Um, I mean, there, you know, you gotta, you gotta reach all the basics first and then, and then pick that. But I, I do think it's important to pick something. Don't be afraid to pick something because you heard on TV that you need to be more versatile. Yeah. I think for me, it's just one of those things. We obviously have had entirely different experiences. Yeah. Um, I personally am of the mind that it's like, if you think you might like something, try it out. And you never know. You might end up loving it, and that may be like your new brand. So like, right. don't be afraid to experiment. Um is just like where I come from. I understand your journey yeah, is different. But be a little afraid. Um, a little afraid. <laughs> appropriately afraid. <laughs> but also at the same time, it's just kind of like, sometimes you might start with a specific idea of what your brand might be. And it might completely change. Because you may start drag thinking you want to do X, Y, Z. But then once you start getting in and you have this brand already kind of laid out you might have to do a complete 180 and sometimes changing that brand extremely is not necessarily the most easy thing to do yeah um a local example is angel face when she started was a lot more of like the like trixie mattel kind of like vibes i remember this yes so like angel then versus angel now both very clear brands but very opposite brands we should have her on before she leaves yes i love her um okay well is there anything else that we would be remiss if we didn't mention about our branding episode um if you need advice on branding you can tip us 
<laughs> yeah, let us know in a five star review, and then we may take pity on your poor soul. Uh, well, thanks everyone for listening to <laughs> what a pity <laughs> it is. flapping <laughs> and fawning. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Flapping and Fawning. Music by Elliot Nass. Promotional art by Danny Lee. Hosts are Flapjack. Oh, hey, that's me. And I'm Fawn. You can follow me on Instagram at fawn.fawn.fawn. And you can follow me over at Instagram as well. And pretty much any other social media platform at FlapJQuellen. F-L-A-P-J-A-C-Q-U-E-L-I-N-E. Connect with us on social media on Instagram at Flapping and Fawning Pod. And on Twitter at Flap and Fawn Pod. Oh, and make sure you check out the links in our bio to buy some merch. You can also connect with us via Gmail at flappingandfawningpod at gmail.com. See you next time. Bye. Ta-ta.